Welcome back to the increasingly inaccurately named Advent Calendar House. It is officially Hanukkah <laughs> as of tonight, and this season of the podcast has had a serious lack of Muppets. So today, we are talking about a 1990 episode of the Israeli-American co-production of Sesame Street called Shalom Sesame. Sesame Street and Rehov Sumsum present Shalom Sesame. I am the world's most famous jug of olive oil, Mike Westfall, and joining me is your friendly neighborhood porcupine, it's Sarah Shea. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you again, and I'm so glad yeah. that you also watched this because that was a memory <laughs> I had that no one else I knew shared. Oh, so you actually knew about this beforehand? You didn't research this one up for the podcast? No, it was... This is from 1990. I was 10, and I'm the only 10-year-old I know who still watched original Sesame Street, let alone this. And then PBS and the Philly market, at least, would air Shalom Sesame right after original Sesame Street for a few years. Really? And by 10 years old, I was old enough to realize, hey, that's the kid from Growing Pains. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess we'll get into that. We will, but... I was surprised. I was expecting you to be like... I was trying to research Hanukkah specials because we're running out of good ones to do. Yeah, and then well. I found this thing. And what the hell? I, You are such a, an enigma, Mike, <laughs> that you that all of right now. These like, did you know you hadn't seen the Sherry Lewis one last year, but you 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 remembered the Rugrats one fondly. The Rugrats one I remembered fondly. Yes. Uh, and, and this was just I don't know whether it's because. I don't know if every PBS station aired this or if it was just they just picked some regions that had big Jewish communities. I know Philly's is pretty prominent. So Yeah, maybe. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and it was just, oh, this yeah. is interesting. Yeah, I certainly don't remember ever seeing it on TV. I was only okay. aware of it because, you know, my parents had a few VHS tapes of it right. because Jewish. Okay. Well, quick history here. This is the English-Hebrew bilingual version of Israel's co-production of Sesame Street called Rehov Sumsum, which began in 1982. Shalom Sesame, a version of this for American audiences, debuted in 1986 with five episodes and then six more in 1990, including this one. And then I read <laughs> they brought it back in 2010, which I didn't know till now, and Grover's more prominent in oh. those episodes. Okay. So, I did see on the internet two different pictures of two different Kippy the technically hedgehog. I know they say porcupine, they do, but yeah, he's actually supposed to be a hedgehog. <laughs> um, Kippy Kipote Kipote is right. hedgehog. Anyway, but uh, I did see two different versions of the costume on the internet. One of which looked uh, a lot newer. So that would, if they brought the show back, uh. More recently, that would explain that. So, yeah, within the last decade. So, 2010, 2011, they said they, they mm -hmm. did about 10 or 11. I don't know if they were yeah. episodes on TV or just videos, a series of videos, but they're out there. Yeah, that that costume looked pretty shabby to begin with, so I'm not surprised it <laughs> yeah. didn't survive and needed a revamp. Yeah, this, this is their answer to Big Bird. Yeah. You know, actually, uh, when I was looking, I can't remember now why, but I searched for, I was looking for a picture of Kippy, the, the big head, pink hedgehog. Yes. And I found out that on Barrio Sesame, the Spanish language version, they also had a person in a big suit character who was a big pink hedgehog who basically looked identical to Kippy, but naked. No clothes. Oh. Kippy's got some Interesting. Little, see. Oh, like, I'm overall short kind of situation. Yeah. We'll put, we'll, I, and I'll they, put them in some show notes. Yeah, it's like, I, I think I looked it up and they started around the same time, but still, it's like, that's that's two different very, two very different areas of the world. It seems weird that you'd go, yeah, hedgehog for both. Sure, why not? <laughs> why not? Uh, but the real star of this that stuck out to me was a guest appearance by mid-puberty Jeremy Miller, so his voice is kind of up here. Yeah. It's not yeah. cracking. He's not quite still, the cute like, little kid. No, it's like season four, season five of Growing Pains, Jeremy Miller here. Yeah, weird, weird flex. <laughs> yeah, well, after his run as Linus, he was the voice of Linus, I was reading, for part of the 80s, including Happy New Year, Charlie Brown, and Snoopy the Musical. <laughs> have you seen or heard Snoopy the Musical? I have not. I'm, I've never, I was never a big Peanuts kid. Okay. 
Well, you are aware of the Grey Pumpkin, obviously, than that whole special. Sure. Yes. So, in Snoopy the Musical, Linus sings a whole song about sitting outside and waiting for the Great Pumpkin. It's called The Vigil, and it's like, alright, it's 7.53 now, I'll give him till 8, and it keeps getting later and later, and it's just Linus in denial. I'll give him seven minutes. That's all I'm gonna wait. It's 7.53 now. I'll give him until 8. Poor Linus. Hoping that the Great Pumpkin comes until it's just like, all right, I'm never waiting for him again until next year. <laughs> so that was Jeremy uh, Mayer, Miller singing that whole song. Uh, but in this yeah. episode, he's himself. And then there's another episode of Shalom Sesame. He's his character, Ben from Growing Pains, alongside Tracy Gold as Carol. So that had to have been confusing. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. Because you know, I looked up to try to figure out if he was Jewish or not, because I couldn't think of any other reason that they would have gotten him on the show. Um, and I could not find anyone even talking about it on the internet, except I found a website called Jew or Not, JewOrNot.com, I think, where they just uh, wrote okay. brief little bios of articles or of uh, actors and celebrities who people suspect of being Jewish or th- it's thought of right. as them being Jewish, and they oh. say whether they actually are or not. And they okay. had one about Tracy Gold, but not about Jeremy Miller. And they didn't mention Jeremy Miller being on Shalom Sesame in their little article about oh, Tracy Gold. Or her being on it either, so. No, they were both on it, so. And at That's... one point they were themselves, and then for another episode they were their characters from Going Pains. That, okay, there must have been some kind of, like, the someone who was producing this show also produced on growing pains and so they were like hey you want to do this thing like there, there has to be some kind of real world like connection explanation yeah. for jeremy miller it cannot be that he was the most famous person they could get for this episode no we'll refuse think, well, to believe it i mean we'll get into some other voices that pop up um because there are more yeah. famous names that show up here but not their faces but oh really yeah, I don't know, but apparently other episodes have appearances by Sarah Jessica Parker, and so... Yeah, I remember that. just get who's available, and Jeremy Miller was available. Yeah, must have been a real a real question of kind of who had somebody's ear and could be like, come on, do this kid's thing, do me a favor kind go. of situation, rather than, all right, who is the perfect person for <laughs> Shalom Sesame? <laughs> Definitely Jeremy Miller, top of the pile. Yeah. Well, all right, let's get into it. We open with a new segment on the Rachov Zum Zum World of Sports about a Hanukkah torch run to Jerusalem. And my initial thought as a Gentile is, oh, it's like the Olympic torch run. They're making a joke. There's a little Olympic looking mm-hmm. logo behind them. I didn't realize that's a real thing. They do a Hanukkah torch relay, and it's a very real tradition. Yeah, I was confused by the fact that they're they're making a big deal about Kippy doing the relay, but Kippy just seems to be holding a sign, not like a torch. Yeah, I right. could never tell what the sign said. So I was, and then they finally arrive at the end at the Hanukkah. Not to spoil the ending for you folks uh, at home, oh, well. but they finally arrive at the Hanukkah, and some other guy walks up and lights the shamas. Like Kippy's right. just there with a sign. Like I did it. Yeah. I held a sign. They're all. I held it up and I ran. They they were running the whole time, and it's a group of other kids yeah. with them, and they're all in athletic training gear with the numbers on their shirts so they know who's who but yeah it definitely i honestly though not the most confusing thing on this special no <laughs> uh, but first uh, no. some more introductions are in order here and we'll start with our mm-hmm. two co-anchors daphna played by a woman named tommy yoel who i could find very little information about what else she's done she's in a hebrew language movie in 1990 called The Valley Train, and that's all I got on her. But then we have Yoav, full name Yoav Safir, who has some fun roles. He's now a director whose directing credits include Israel's version of Whose Line Is It Anyway? All right. And as a voice actor, he was the Hebrew dub voice of Michelangelo on the original Ninja Turtles cartoon. Nice. Reggie on the new Archie's. And Mario on the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, this guy's practically a a voice acting superstar right? as, far, as far as the Hebrew language is concerned. What a resume. Very nice. Legit. 
And here, Jeremy gets in first as sort of a reporter on the scene interviewing Kippy. Kippy, there are some rumors going around that you were recuperating from a major knee injury. Could uh, you comment on that? Yeah, I uh, yeah, scraped my knee, but they took off the band-aid this morning, and it looks just fine. <laughs> so, this Hanukkah torch run is brought to you by Band-Aid Brand Bandages. <laughs> yeah, that that was a very... That felt like a very 90s sort of sports reference. I don't know. Maybe maybe knee injuries happen all of the time. But maybe. for some reason, that seemed very 90s to me. <laughs> I don't know anything about sports. Or hedgehogs, for that matter. Yeah, you're, I, I'm trying to think of, were there any prominent sports injuries in 1990? It's like, well, no, none of them are ever prominent unless something terrible happens. Yeah. Yeah, for some reason, my brain went, yes, knee injury. Like, I feel like I heard about somebody having a knee injury when I was a kid that was, like, a big deal. But I might Maybe. just be making that up. Yeah, people fall a lot when they run, especially when they're little. <laughs> especially when they're giant pink when the, yeah, hedgehogs. hedgehogs. <laughs> I mean, you, you probably can't see very well through that suit, so, you know. Yeah, sense. well, we're all doing the best we can. <laughs> you know what would have been a better joke, Oh, I think? All right, I'm workshopping this retroactively. Hold on. So if uh, Jeremy had said, we hear you had a knee injury, and Kippy could have been like, oh, no, it was my shin. Oh! But it's fine now. <laughs> yeah. How do you like that? Oh, it was right there. Yeah. But, for, I don't know, for kids, maybe just being like, it was a Band-Aid is, is like, that's a good joke for... Well, you're already... At late. We'll get to those later, but... Yeah. <laughs> I think Shin comes up later. The letter Shin comes up later, but... Sure. First, we have our opening credits, which... It's an animated Bert and Ernie flying across the globe in a paper airplane into Israel. Interestingly, Kermit gets a pretty high billing here, even though he shows up once with one line in English and a song later. But, you know, it's Kermit, so I get it. But... Yeah. Also credited is the entire country of Israel. So everybody there <laughs> better have this on their cute. resumes. This is important. Yeah, the IMDb listing for this is absolutely bananas. Oh, yeah. It crashed on me. But <laughs> In we go, onto the set, which has a familiar enough vibe that it definitely looks like it's a Sesame Street counterpart. A lot of other international versions of Sesame Street I've seen are not overly vibrant, but very colorful. And even as much as Sesame Street mm -hmm. itself has become a lot more colorful, it still has tried... To keep that air about it, that it's supposed to be a real street in a big city. So it's got that gritty but not too dirty city look about it. And so does this place, which I liked. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't look like a very super clean. They're not trying to make it look like a cartoonish no, world. They're no, trying to make it look more people, real. Yeah. Uh, and here we meet our resident grouch and in-universe cousin to Oscar, Moishe Ufnik. Hey, Moishe, what's up? I'm selling my special Ufnik souvenir. I call them Ufganiyot. Let's talk about Moishe. Now, this is the interesting thing I thought, is that Moishe is pretty much a bog-standard uh, Muppet monster. Oh, yeah. He doesn't look especially like Oscar. He doesn't look like a grouch. He just looks no. like, I mean, he looks like Grover, Telly, all of the monsters. You know you what know? it is? He has a nose. Grouches yep. don't mm -hmm. usually have noses. Exactly. He definitely looks more like the yeah the nose the nose monsters. <laughs> You're right. Moisture looks like like a monster. Now that you mention it, he's like yeah. brown old Elmo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I actually was thinking like he kind of reminded me of Telly, and I went, "Oh, now there is a Muppet that's Jewish. If I can think of any <laughs> Muppet that's secretly Jewish, <laughs> it's Telly. No question." I think I think your Jewish uh, listeners, if you have any, uh, would agree with me. You know, you're probably spot on, but I love that. Okay, canon head canon accepted. Telly's yeah. Jewish. Now. Wait, but yeah, by comparison to Moisha, uh, who looks like a Muppet, he looks like he came from the Jim Henson Creature Shop. He uh, does. Kippy does not. Well, and he actually comes off a little cheerier than Oscar usually is, but then I remember back to when Oscar is truly happy in his own trashy comfort zone, and that's about the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I saw somewhere online that eventually they moved Moisha into a can, a trash can, to make him more oh, grouch-like. But he do he doesn't feel really like a grouch. He's kind of, he's slightly grouchy, but he's... He's he's just sort of a more wacky than he is. A yeah, that's that's a good word. 
I was missing yeah. the word there, but that's a very good description. Very wacky. Uh, and here he's selling yeah. Sufganyot, which looks to me to be very similar to a jelly-filled munchkin. Is that accurate? A, m- a munchkin? Like a the donut hole. Oh, I've never heard them. Is that a, like a it's a Dunkin', brand? It's a Dunkin' Donuts brand. They sell the donut oh. holes and they're called munchkins. Okay. Yeah, uh, Sufganyot are basically jelly donuts. Okay. Um, I'm sure there's like old traditional ancient recipes for something that it, that sufganyot came from probably that would be slightly different but if you get a sufganyot today it's basically a jelly donut yeah okay yeah i probably have mun- all about fried foods okay. so i probably had munchkins on the brain because like moisha goes out of his way to use the dunkin donuts font on his sign on his little oh. kiosk there that <laughs> I'm says sorry, i'm west Oof-genyot. coast i didn't recognize it <laughs> But yeah, it did the two O's, and, and it did feel kind of like, yeah, no, I can see that. Yes. I can see that. Um, but just fantastic attention to detail, Mushka. So yeah. he's, his selling point is that these are made from a 2,000-year-old Ufnik recipe, which sounds neat until you realize the donuts themselves are actually 2,000 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got others that bounce and some that stretch, but Jeremy's good forever and bails oh, and even keep... And even Kippy and his torch relay team just run past because they know better. Yeah. I I love that they try to do, like, a couple of different bits here with, like, some, you know, kind of mild effects where the really heavy, hard one, he drops it and it makes, like, an indentation in the ground. And then Jeremy's trying to lift it up and he's doing that thing where you're lifting something very lightweight, but you're pretending it's heavy. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're just <laughs> trying to, like, you tense up your muscles and move slowly. And it doesn't fool anybody. But then he's like, this one is stretchy. And he holds it and he he barely stretches it. It looks like he's holding an actual donut and he's trying not to tear it. But they make a sound effect like... It's like, Go okay, away. apparently yeah, that's it's, a stretchy it's a sound. stretching sound, and then his head kind of bobs as the other one bounces off screen. And his his head, he does the, like, he's following with his eyes as it's bouncing, but his nods yes. were not synced with the boing, boing noise. It yes. was like, oh, God, you had one job. <laughs> <laughs> just sound gonna, guy, just wh- sync the bounces with the nodding the dude is already doing that you've already got footage of. How hard could that possibly be? Yeah, well, Very hard, apparently. Uh, it, he, sound guy doesn't get better, but we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> for now, we're into our next segment, which is a song about Sufganyad playing over a film of kids and adults making and eating them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And as much as I love Muppets, these filmed side bits are that used to be part of Sesame Street made the show for me. They were part of the complete experience. Yeah. And they're not really yeah. in the modern version of the show anymore, and I feel like it's worse off because of that. Oh. That's, you know, that doesn't surprise me, but that's sad. Yeah, yeah. Those little bits where suddenly they would just be like, hi, I'm a random kid, and I'm going to talk about a thing or show you my house or something like that. Or here's how crayons are made. Yes. Well, that's, the, that's the first example I had in my notes here. This is where I really learned stuff, like how crayons are made and where yeah. milk comes from and everybody yeah. sleeps. Uh, those segments are important, <laughs> so I'm glad this yeah. is here, even though I'm a weirdo who doesn't like jelly-filled anything. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. I know. My wife also thinks I'm ridiculous for that, but eh. uh, it was nice to see a Hanukkah food besides latkes for a change, not to knock latkes, and they're going to come up yeah. later, but I know about those already. What else you got? Sufkenya? Okay, yeah. great. I'm glad they led with this. Yeah, it, an American production is definitely just going to really lean into the latkes, but yeah. I love that, yeah, since this is a, a Hebrew production, an Israeli production. Yeah. They start with Sufganyot before they even get into the latkes. Okay. And that was my first hint that Jeremy Miller clearly is not actually Jewish, is that he's like, Sufgan, what? I'm like, oh, please. <laughs> I didn't I know like, if maybe that that's was just act or... I was like, is this supposed to be just because he's American? Um, And that they're, they uh, they certainly are, I think, more popular in Israel. But I was like, okay. no, I know what Sufganyot are. Come on. I mean, I guess... They also did a segment later where a bunch of actually Israeli characters don't know the letters on a dreidel. So I, uh, 
Anything goes on Shalom Sesame. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're trying to teach us. But I found this on Wikipedia. A popular Israeli folktale claims after Adam and Eve were thrown out of the Garden of Eden, God cheered them up by feeding them Sufgen Yat. Is that how you heard this? What? That is... I, it, no, again, that makes it was no on sense. Wikipedia, so... What? Wikipedia, what are you doing? That's, I, I mean, um, that may be a thing. I've never heard that, A. And B, it's like, they're specifically Hanukkah-related. Yeah. So why would they be... I don't that know. If, that, if that's a thing, I feel like it should be a bigger deal. That seems like the kind of thing that is, it's not actually a folktale. It's like a joke people say to imply how delicious Sufganyot are. Oh, it sounds to me, people have recently tried to take the 12 Days of Christmas song and make them more religious symbols. Like, the first day of Christmas represents one god. The second day of Christmas, the two turtle doves represent this. And it's all signs, like, 12 apostles. And like, no, that's not, it's just, no, it's birds and terrible gifts. That's all it is. And <laughs> human slaves. That's what the 12 Days of Christmas is about. Yeah. Uh, but next, we go into the locker room of... A kid's softball team, the Hats, managed by comedian, Tonight Show regular, and Philadelphia native, David Brenner. Hi, I'm David Brenner, and I'm the coach of a softball team called the Hats. Now, you may wonder why we're called that. Well, Het is the eighth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Who? I realize I didn't actually double-check this, but I was like, okay, so they at least got one Jewish person on. Yes. But I might have just been assuming, <laughs> because he certainly looks and acts more Jewish than Jeremy Miller does, and he pronounced Chet correctly. So yeah. I was like, well, surely. Yeah. <laughs> they got they got a, an Jewish person. That's nice. <laughs> just like on uh, Sherry's uh, Hanukkah Magic or whatever that one was called. Right. You know, they got Lloyd Buckner, who nobody's ever heard of, but at least he was Jewish. He, yeah, he answered the phone. That's true. He did Always answer the phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I have a really cool fun fact about the, sh the, the Sherry L uh, Lewis Hanukkah special. I meant okay. to mention it at the top of this podcast when we were just, like, schmoozing. But should I drop it in right now while I'm thinking about it? Sure. I just I wanted to mention it to you because we talked about it last year. Sure. Uh, true believers, you will remember that I was on the podcast last year talking about Sherry uh, Lewis's <laughs> direct-to-video <laughs> Hanukkah special that is just way too long and has Alan Thicke in it. Growing yes. Pains connection. Oh. Also not Jewish, also just for some fucking reason in this Hanukkah special. <laughs> just right? ruining so it. So there's one one point of connection. Then, while I was on tour this past spring, I went to LA Okay. and I met one of the puppeteers, in fact the head puppeteer really? from that Hanukkah special. Sherry so wasn't the lead puppeteer? Well, the head puppeteer other than her. Okay. Yeah, she had to star in it, you know. She yes. couldn't be doing right. all the puppetry, Good point. you know. So, I uh, we went to the Magic Castle, okay. which if you're not familiar is a uh, quote unquote uh, private club for uh, okay. a society of magicians uh in LA. Oh, I but have you heard can of that. Yeah, it's uh you can get in if you're not in their their private club, but you do have to get referred by someone who is a member. So it okay. is you can't just roll up to the Magic Castle right. and go to a show because they yeah. have it's a fancy restaurant, so they have dinner every night. They have tons of magic shows going on. Oh my goodness! And it's very cool. It's very cool. I highly recommend it if you can at all. If you're ever in LA and you can finagle an invitation to the Magic Castle, it's very cool. But we were waiting for one of the magic shows. Me and my friends and we it was a very small waiting area and we ended up kind of standing all around this one dude who was there by himself and so we're not to be rude just having a conversation over this guy's head we start chatting with him and he's like oh i'm i'm just uh here killing some time while my husband is in a meeting because he's actually a member of the the okay whatever the official society is that that runs the magic castle he's like i'm just killing time and we're like oh tell us about yourself so we learned all about this guy's life and everything and after the, at the end of the evening we got to meet his partner as well pat and then i looked him up on on imdb and they, he was right there head puppeteer and when we were chatting with him he mentioned doing sherry lewis and the and i was like oh my gosh i i just not too long ago watched the hanukkah special for the first time since i was a kid and he's like oh yeah i yeah i was on that one and i was like it's uh it's really long and he was like yeah it felt long while we were filming it i'm like this is the best <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me this is true magic anyway and scene. That's this my little story I had to tell you. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you shared that. That's such an amazing story. And now I, I want I to know. go to I this place. I was like, 
Yeah, it was very cool. And just meeting that guy was like, both of them, they were so sweet. And I didn't know that apparently a lot of like puppeteers and like practical effects people in Hollywood are also part of this uh, society of magicians, which makes sense. There's a lot of crossover between magic tricks and practical effects in films. So anyway. I can't believe I never connected those two dots, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I never would have thought of it either, but yeah. So he did uh, He did puppetry and, and some other uh, practical effects stuff. There uh, we go. Probably still does. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. I am not connecting that dot with David Brenner because, I don't know, maybe they know each other. Who knows? But he's back here explaining his team's called the Chetz because it's the eighth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And it's also the first letter in Hanukkah. And this team is so bad, they always come in eighth place. And that's a cute, corny Aww. joke. And it's so bad, all the kids moan, ah. Yep. <laughs> and that's then, pretty cute, though. Yeah. And then we cut to the Count singing Eight Beautiful Notes, which is a regular Sesame Street segment that mm-hmm. the song starts out with the original English sound. But then when he's counting to eight, they dub over that with the Hebrew numbers. And here's where Bad Sound Guy comes back. Oh, a joy just can't wait. Everybody, count to eight. Badly dubbed. It's an obvious difference in audio quality, and some of the yeah. cuts are really bad. Yeah. Also, the Hebrew numbers uh, are mostly uh, duosyllabic, so it, they don't fit in the same spots as 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 to do. Like, it's, it's harder to squeeze those into a song, as we heard several times during this. Right, and they picked the fastest songs they could find. Like, people are Mm -hmm. just really into counting to eight and getting out of there quickly. Yeah, they used a lot of songs that just happened to be about the number eight, or segments that focused on the number eight for this particular episode. You know, the song actually sounded very kind of klezmer, so I thought, wait, is this, did they actually make this segment four? No, it's just a coincidence. Yeah, no, it was just, well, I mean... It's the count, and it's about the number eight. Of course, the Hanukkah episode yeah. brought to you by the number eight. But my issue is, yeah, they, they picked the song that counts to eight so quickly that if you don't already know how to count in Hebrew, forget about trying to follow along, kids. Yeah. <laughs> you won't even be able to hear, like, which syllables are which things. It's not going to learn you anything about counting yeah, in Hebrew. Yeah, no. Afterwards, I'm looking at the list. I'm like, oh, okay. No, I see. Yep. Nope. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Next, we have... Jeremy back hosting Dreidel of Fortune with Lavana White, which I'm mm-hmm. sure is funny to someone. Uh-huh, probably. And presumably. Our contestants are Moisha, Yoav, and Kippy. So in Dreidel of Fortune, our contestants are guessing Hebrew letters, and of course the puzzle contains the four letters on the Dreidel, the last one being a two-part answer. Because the letter mm-hmm. is different in Israel than it is everywhere else, which stumps everyone. I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, when you, if you find out what the, or if you know what the letters uh, stand for on the dreidel, makes sense, because it's a great miracle happened there. Obviously, in Israel, they say here, po, and the rest of the world, they say there. Well, I love Sean. that attention to detail. I would have never thought about that. I was wondering if they were going to address it when they first started the segment. I'm like, oh, are they? Because they were doing very, like, this is a very simple version of Wheel of Fortune. They oh, spin yeah. a wheel just to decide whose turn it is. And then they just ask, what's a letter? They don't even say, what's the first letter? They just say, what's one of the letters on the dreidel? I'm like, boy, you're really uh, lowering the stakes here. And for some <laughs> reason, none of them can think. I think eventually Yoav gets two of them, right? I think he does. Yeah. Yeah. So. But he's even like, oh, gosh, I don't know. He's like, it's almost like he's pulling one out of his hat. And I'm like, dude, just think they they stand for something. Like, why is this? Uh, It seemed like a weird decision to make the bit that none of them know. It's it's a Dalit. I'm sure it's a Dalit. No, I'm afraid there's no Dalit on a dreidel, Moshe. There should be. Can you take it, Yoav? Um, Yes, I know, I know. Um, It's... uh... It's a noon. Yes, noon is correct. Maybe if 
Jeremy had been one of the contestants. There you go. He could have been like, oh, I don't know, because he's the outsider figure who has to have things explained to him. Right. Which is actually a good reason to have a non-Jew as as the guest. But, yeah, he was the host, and it did he knew work. the answers, which is confusing. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, there, Lavana White had to step in. And she, okay, this is the same girl from the other segments, right? I don't know. But she was doing this weird baby voice. It might be her, but it sounds like the woman doing Kippy's voice. So it might be yes, her. Yes, okay. I was like, okay, am I like hallucinating? Because when she first started talking, I was like, wait, why is Kippy talking, but it's her moving her mouth? I think And I'm then like- I was like, oh, is she just doing a weird... Is, does she do the voice of Kippy and she, like, forgot to do her normal voice in this segment? Or is this no, a, a different, different young woman. blonde? Yeah. Okay. It, the, it's a different, like, a different woman does the voice of Kippy. I don't... The woman who does the voice of Kippy is definitely not the woman at the beginning. No. Um, no. Two different people. The, the, uh, now I've forgotten her real name and her character name. Uh, Daphna cause... is her character name. Tommy, Tommy Yoel is her real name. And... Weird, because it's, it's kind of a, a Sesame Street thing for the human characters to have their real names. But like... Yeah, but I, and I mean, Yoav's real name is Yoav, yeah. but the, so I was like, why didn't they just call her Tommy? I don't know. Uh, the performer of Kippy is na- was named uh, Sarai Turio. Yeah, so then I was like, is this not the same young, oh, cute yeah, blonde this is from her. the beginning? I mean, th- oh, okay. it's a different picture that I'm seeing on Muppet Wiki, where her hair's all done up. She's supposed to be an MTB VJ, or oh. <laughs> similar facsimile thereof. She looks like April O'Neil but- in this one, because she's wearing a yellow jumper. But, <laughs> but she, it, it, it is, the woman who has the voice of Kippy was on the show, but she's not the same young, pretty blonde from the beginning. Right. That's just weird. And they refer to her by a character name, the Vanna White. So you don't, you just immediately go, oh, this is the same cute blonde from before. She, that's a, that's my, what I thought uh, until yeah. hearing her speak. I'm like, wait a minute. And she doesn't speak immediately. No. For the first, like, three quarters of this segment, she's totally silent. She's just turning the letters around, uh, Vanna White style. Right. So yeah, it was, it was, okay, I'm glad that you also were confused, because I was like, am I Very hallucinating? No. What and then she finally on? gets fed up with three people who live in Israel not knowing what letters are on the dreidel, so she gives the answer. Uh, and, and wins, yeah, and he's like, wins well, her guess own she show. Wins. And, then, and then Kippy, actual Kippy, because you never see both on camera at the same time. Like, hey, she can't win. She works here. <laughs> I think that's what tipped me off that, oh, it might be the same person. That's a good point. Yeah, you don't actually see them on, on screen at the same time. Although it could have just easily been a different person in the suit. <sighs> I don't think she was doing, like, an amazing job at uh, puppeteering. But- uh, but at least I learned sorry. something. I learned that, that uh, yeah. there are two different letters on the one side of the dreidel. So thank you, Shalom Sesame, yeah. for doing your job and teaching me things better than Charlie Horse and his counterfeit Czech print shop. That's true. I feel like this one is definitely more educational mm-hmm. than uh, than Sherry Lewis. Sorry, Sherry. <laughs> I hate uh, to I hate to say anything ill about our queen, Sherry Lewis. But, no. but sometimes that's how it be. And then we get yeah. a little paper doll stop motion set of the dreidel song. And then another latka joke. Yeah. And we're back to David Brenner giving a pep talk to his softball team, telling him to fight and win like Judah Maccabee fought for freedom. Then he immediately yeah. says, you want to just forget the game and go get some latkes? Yeah. Oh, wait. I uh, One of the only jokes I actually thought was funny in this whole special was right at the end of the, the Wheel of Fortune bit. Where oh, they say, the prizes, like, here's yeah. our fabulous prizes that everyone is winning, mm-hmm. which most of the fabulous prize jokes were really dumb and not funny. But one of them was... And genuine sterling silver Maccabee hammers, where Maccabee means hammers. Where Maccabee means hammer. And that is literally <laughs> true. Yes. <laughs> I did I thought, okay, it. that's actually funny. That is the kind of slogan a company would have. Our brand name means our product. And it was literal. I was like, okay, you got me. That's a good one. And that's like a good Sesame Street quality joke, too. Yeah, so I well thought done. so. I was like, no, that's that's a good one. All right. All yes. right. Finally got a decent joke on this dang show. Yes, thank you for, for bringing that up. I would have totally skipped that. You're welcome. 
Then we go right into another film segment with a kid explaining why latkes are part of Hanukkah and how they're made. It's a very, very short bit, but how do you think they did as far as making these latkes go? Because I've never seen... I was so confused, actually. At first, I was like, okay, sure. This is clearly video of, like, a Israeli kindergarten class making Mm -hmm. latkes. All the kids are... You know, helping grate the potatoes and everything. There's a weird line about the kids who can see well help the kids who can't see as well. And I'm like, is there a big eyesight, like, yeah. youth eyesight issues in Israel in the 90s? Like, that, that just seems like a weird line. Rather than just a general, like, sometimes people help each other or whatever. Like, when maybe a kid who, you know... I don't know. It was like the kid didn't have, an, you know, one of those like eye patches under your glasses or anything. There was nothing to indicate that the kid was blind or anything like that to be like, it's is about explaining how kids help each other or whatever. But it was just a weird line. But the w- most confusing part is when they talk about the ingredients. They're like, first we put in the potatoes. Then we put in the flour. Then we put in the sugar. Yeah, they did say sugar. I do have yeah. that highlight. I'm like, wait a minute. There's there's sugar in latkes? I have never heard of anyone putting sugar in latkes. And I thought, that's insane. I've never heard of, and I've never had a latke that was sweet. I'm like, that is so bizarre. Maybe that's actually an Israeli thing, and I've just never Maybe. run into it. So I Googled Israeli latke recipe, and I could not find a single one that called for sugar. If huh. anything, several of the ones I found called for, like, other unusual, you know, savory ingredients that I'm not familiar with. But, and, and like every, you know, traditional latke recipe I could find listed on the internet was like, it's potatoes, eggs, either flour or matzo meal, salt, usually onions. That is latkes. I guess it's a step up from on the Rugrats Hanukkah special where uh, somebody says like, well, potatoes and water, that doesn't sound very good. It's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You take the water out and also it's not just potatoes. What are you doing? Um, anyway, it, it's like, well, at least they acknowledge the eggs and the flour part. There you go. Uh, yeah, well, they did the eggs. They said the potato, the eggs, the flour, and then the sugar. And, then the and I'm like, sugar. I was so confused. I was like, is this... I just, I could not, I tried to think of an explanation, like, maybe it's actually salt, and then when they recorded the the voiceover, they accidentally said sugar, but, like, that doesn't make any sense. No, because then they say salt, and they're like, well, not too much salt. No, no, they say sugar, and they say not too much. Oh, I thought they said salt (gasps) right after that. Oh, God. Maybe, maybe they did say salt, too, but, like, there should not, I only remembered... Maybe I was losing my freaking mind and like I blanked out for a minute. <laughs> but they definitely, you saw, you heard them say sugar too. Yes, I'm not I imagining am. that. We're going to go to yeah. the tape. Oh, we add the sugar and metal add salt. Not too much. Yeah, I, 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 I that was the most confusing thing. But yeah, the, the internet supports me that sugar is not a standard ingredient in latkes uh, okay. in Israel or anywhere else that I could figure out. So I, I, I even if there is a, a particular regional cuisine where they put sugar in latkes still seems weird to mention it in this show when they're trying to like educate kids about like kind of the basics. Yeah, good point. Yeah, anyway, that was uh weird. <laughs> but again, not the weirdest thing on this uh nope. show, so I guess it's fine. <laughs> well, next we meet up with Jeremy getting a personal tour by Yoav of the city of Modine where Judah Maccabee was born, and they wondered together what life might have been like back then. And here's what was missing from this episode. Time travel! Yeah! <laughs> How yeah, does this Yeah, they put on some happen? robes and... I know, they don't even question it. No, they just walk a few feet and it's the magic of Israel, and now I really want to go, because they're... And Yoav is very, is like, like, Jeremy goes, wait, what happened? Did we just travel through time or something? And Yoav goes, it's the magic of Israel. I guess. I guess. He's not like, yep, this happens all the time. <laughs> he just goes, I guess? I don't actually know what's happening either. I'm just trying to bluff. We've gone thousands of years into the past, and that's the best explanation I can come up with. Yeah. But oh. it's a cute explanation oh, yeah. for why they are going to now sing uh, a Judah Maccabee-themed version of the classic Who Are the People in Your Neighborhood, which I was delighted by. Yes! Who are the people in your neighborhood? 
And they meet a kid grinding weed into flour, so of course, Jeremy asks, you make good dough on this job? And here's the next five minutes or so of Jeremy Miller walking through Modine and making the dumbest jokes. Hey, Judah. Um, do you know how to make a horse run away? No. You just say horseshoe. Very funny. I thought so. And Yoav's looking at him, sighing, and having to try like, harder oh. and harder with each bad joke to just repress his rage as they get worse. Yeah, just, I, I gotta babysit this freaking stupid American yes. Gentile actor, and I'm trying to educate him about history, and he's going, I guess that olive oil will be hot off the presses. Like, ugh. Yeah! Like, vault. And it's just... Yoav's smiling through gritted teeth, and I know he's <laughs> acting, but he's also maybe not acting. <laughs> you know, I think what this segment was really missing is that when they changed into their old-timey, like, robes, his fanny pack did not come along. Because he's wearing a fanny pack yes! in, the, in the scene when they're when they're first... Uh, Jeremy Miller is wearing a real uh, nice 90s sort of pink and magenta striped shirt. Yes. That's, uh, that's very uh, noticeable. Uh, and then Yoav's got, you know, just like a, a polo shirt and a nice little uh, fanny pack going on. So Is the polo shirt, the polo shirt's tucked in too, right? Mm. Oh, of course. Just, uh, yep. Well, you got, the, you got the fanny pack, you know, you got yeah, it all, absolutely. all tucked in. All. Well, between both of their outfits, I think that's what is the biggest hint that after their segment in ancient Modine is done. They're, they're we're back and safe and sound in good old 1990 because they're dressed like this again. <laughs> yep, I love how the kids that were playing the different parts, like you know, mm-hmm. there's a little kid playing the Miller and a kid playing yes. Judah Maccabee being a blacksmith, and then a couple of little girls are making olive oil and they sing the little the Miller is a person in your neighborhood bit yeah. and whatever. The kid playing the Miller is just like wearing his normal glasses, though. Like they don't, they just—he's wearing some like 1990 kind of glasses. He, they right. don't make him take off the glasses for this segment since he's supposed to be yeah. in the past. No, it's fine. Just, yeah, look, just if I'm gonna glasses. sing the song, I'm gonna need to see the cue cards. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, we get some more counting to eight or shmone in Hebrew over one of Sesame Street's short cartoons that's part of a series. That Muppet Wiki calls jazz numbers. Which means we don't hear the original English voice of the segments, which was apparently by Grace Slick from Jefferson Airplane. Oh, wow. Okay. These were from 1969, so it was still Jefferson Airplane, but she would stick around well into Starship. But Yeah. I, I recognized it as, oh, this is an old Sesame yes. Street clip, and it's just numbers, so that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. They can dub the whole thing into uh, Hebrew, and that works perfectly. Yes. And it's just numbers, and it's a little slower, only a little bit, than the uh, earlier numbers song, yeah. so you could possibly, you're at least going to take away Shmone. Yes, which I did, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but then we get a bit that's only half translated again. It's Ernie and Lefty the Shifty Salesman trying to sell him a, this painting of elephants. I got a terrific picture here to show you. Okay, feast your eyes, because here it is. Yeah, oh my god, this was so confusing. Like... I remember, yeah, I remember this. It's a classic Sesame Street bit. But at first, uh, Ernie is dubbed into Hebrew and yes. the salesman is still in English. And I'm like, well, that's a weird move. But because uh, they're, you know, they're still acting like they understand each other. Yes. But like, that's a weird move. But maybe they were trying to be like, let's make this bilingual, but we don't want to make it completely in Hebrew. The kids will have no idea what's going on, The you know, since mm-hmm. this was really geared at Americans. But then... Even Ernie's dialogue is half Hebrew yeah. and half his original dialogue. So he flips back and forth. The salesman yeah. just sticks to English, but Ernie kind of flips back and forth doing the whole thing. And it's at first it seems weird, 
But then I thought, well, this is how people talk to each other in Star Wars all the time. Yes, Greedo. As a matter of fact, I was just going to see your boss. <laughs> like, Han okay. Solo is clearly fluent in multiple languages, but he only speaks in English to anyone using any other language, and neither party cares. They just continue the conversation. This is someone's ideal utopia somewhere. Yeah, okay, th- that would explain it if Ernie was in Hebrew the whole time, and they were just talking to each other. Right, Because, yeah, you, people in Star Wars talk to droids and Wookiees and whatever in English. Uh, there is a name, isn't there? There's a Star Wars canon name for the language they There speak. is, and I'm not looking it up. It's like common or basic or something like right. that. But, he, but Ernie is going back and forth completely randomly. Yeah. It's, yeah, I, I really was like, I don't understand what they're trying to do here it seems entirely random how they picked which parts to do in hebrew and which parts in english they mm-hmm. did the punchline at the end where he buys the 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 painting of elephants and says oh, i'm gonna pull that trick on my friend uh, yes. bert and then bert comes over and is like oh look elephants and ernie's like Sheesh, you know like, <laughs> so we get the we get at least got the punchline yeah well and it's one of the few times bert got the upper hand on ernie that's not very often at all but i love when that happens yeah yeah What's funny is that when he first shows in the painting, and, and I guess I had I I remember seeing this bit when I was a kid. Yeah. But still, when you see it from a distance, the elephants are actually more noticeable. I thought so too, and I didn't know whether it was like, well, I've seen this one thirty years ago, so of course I'm going to see yeah. the elephants again. I think it's just because you see the white space when you're further away, you don't yep. see the details. Right. So when he first says this painting of elephants, you're like, okay, I see there are elephants sure. there. It kind of uh, fights against the joke, but yep. That's correct. That's the least of our concerns. <laughs> <laughs> well, next is a doozy. It's a clay animated bit of Here Is Your yeah. Life, hosted by a talking vintage radio microphone voiced by Joan Rivers. We are going to give someone the surprise of their life. Who will it be? Yes, it's you. The most famous olive oil jug in the world. Yeah, because if there's anything kids in the 1990s loved more than Joan Rivers, it's This Is Your Life, a television show from 1952. (laughs) Well, Sesame Street did that a lot with Guy Smiley, and he's hosted reunions for like an old sneaker and a tree and a loaf of bread. So that's a regular Sesame Street bit. Which Sure. And at least this one was clearly made for this show. Yes. It's all Hanukkah-centric. They're not, like, trying to shoehorn in some Hebrew into an existing bit. I just thought, right. wow, weird, weird pull. Two super dated references yeah. that kids are not really going to get. But was it actually Joan? It wasn't actually Joan Rivers. It was, it like, an imp- is, impression, no, right? it's Joan Rivers. Oh, shit. All right. That's awesome. We got a few big names in this one claymation bit here. It's actually Joan Rivers. I just absolutely assumed it was an impression. Well, because it's that... so easy to do, but I mean... Right. Well, she's a she's a popular impression. And I only knew Joan Rivers because she was in The Muppets Take Manhattan, which I loved. So she had that great scene Classic. with Miss Piggy and they're like putting makeup all over themselves. And that is the greatest thing. But no, this is her. Uh... That that blows my mind. I oh oh wait <laughs> oh but wait there's more. I did think the voice choices for all the other characters were weird, so I should have guessed that oh these must be you know celebrity guests. Yes, they couldn't they just couldn't get on camera. So right. I'm 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 primed and waiting for you to tell me what you found out on IMDb. Okay, well. Today's subject is the most famous jug of olive oil in the world, now living in a museum. Mm-hmm. The jug is reunited with the potter who molded him and it was it was some actor that doesn't really have a lot of credits to him and I I didn't write down his name but then the tree oh. that bore the olives crushed to fill the jug is the voice yeah. of Nell Carter from Give Me a Break I was glad to give all I had to fill the little fellow right to the brim Wow okay yeah who, who was a Jewish convert Oh my god, I didn't know that! Yes, and she shows up in other episodes of Shalom Sesame as herself. Oh, that's delightful. I did think, like, okay, weird choice for a voice for this character. But all of the other characters in that bit also were like, you know, the guy's like, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm definitely, uh, like a potter in, uh, (laughs) old-timey Israel, you know. 
oh yeah, when I made this, uh, when I first met this pot, he was just a lump of clay. And I'm like, sure. Well, at the beginning, I thought he was all wet, and he seemed to always be going around in circles. But I knew something great would come out of him. That's what people talked like. So I'm like, this must be a celebrity, but apparently not that one. <laughs> no, uh, and then the last one. The voice of Simon Maccabee is Alan King, who's another comedian and Tonight Show regular. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that this guy's got to be. I wonder if the first one, maybe he was a comedian, too. Maybe. Surprise me. I don't know, but didn't expect Alan King to show up twice in a season of my podcast, but he had a voice in Pinocchio's Christmas as well. Oh. Yes. But this was a cute and very Sesame Street way to quickly breeze through the Hanukkah story. Would have been better with Muppets, but Joan Rivers especially likely only had so much availability. So sit down in front of a microphone and we'll just animate this painstakingly in clay later. Yeah. <laughs> they did it. Not too painstakingly. No, All the people, no, yeah. their mouths didn't move. <laughs> no, well, that's pretty like standard level of Sesame Street clay animation. Sure, sure. But. A lot easier to just do gestures and yep. eyebrows and things keep it simple yeah stupid <laughs> next we get some kids explaining their hanukkah traditions and what it means to them including one dude who decides to talk with his mouthful of pastry like we're not trying to film a thing here kid this is my kind of yeah, it was cute. They're like, kids are just saying things like, It's my kind of hog. The kids talking about like, oh, we're, we're, we light the Hanukkah. And they love one... that Hanukkah. Yeah. Is that a thing that usually is the kid's responsibility? Uh, no, I think it's just, I think that it, probably just the most kids said that. Because if you ask a kid, what do you do on Hanukkah? That's kind of the first thing they're going to mention. That's the, the big thing. Okay. Um, I liked it. Okay. Only one of the kids mentioned presents. <laughs> yeah, that's the American one. <laughs> yeah, a little blonde girl with fucked up teeth. Looked yep. just like little Sarah. Oh, really? Yeah, it was pretty cute. <laughs> I was um, like, oh, it me. I also would have probably mentioned presents first, but you yeah. Know. Yeah, well. <laughs> what can you uh, do? <laughs> Uh, then more 1990 animation as a spaceship presents the letter of the day noon as a hand emerges Terry Gilliam style from the noon and lights the candle. Uh, right. Yes. Uh, but then we get a bilingual rendition once again of the reggae version of Rubber Ducky called Do the Rubber Duck, Do the Rubber Duck. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, or Bo Barvaz Vaz in Hebrew. Come on, everybody try. Don't be left high and dry. As you keep on getting wetter, you'll be feeling so much better. I wondered if, did they already do the classic Rubber Ducky song on a previous episode of oh, Shalom Sesame? Oh, I don't know. Like, because it so. seemed like... Do the Rubber Duck is like a deeper cut than Rubber Ducky, yeah. you're the one. So I was like, why? Why this one? But yeah, again, just a classic Sesame Street bit kind of intermittently translated into Hebrew. Maybe Kermit is like a mainstay in those opening credits that they didn't want to have to keep switching out. And this is the one thing they found at the moment. Well, we got to fit Kermit in here somewhere. Well, this is fairly yeah. new. Let's throw this in here. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good point. It might have been fairly recent to Sesame Street at the time. And they're like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. let's get something something new in here. That makes sense. It's got to be pretty recent because you got like late 80s characters in there like Hoots the Owl shows up. Oh, OK. That's a deep, deep Sesame Street cut. That's like that's another Kevin Clash character. He was the guy who was Elmo. Oh, OK. I do not remember. <laughs> until he made terrible choices. <laughs> I do not remember but. Hoots the Owl, I confess. OK. So. But. Obviously a tertiary <laughs> Sesame Street character. <laughs> yeah, that. yes, he was. Uh, but they tried to make him big at the time. Oh, so. sure. Interestingly, this has a bunch of Muppets in it, but the only ones who get their individual lines dubbed over in Hebrew are Ernie, the Count, because he did earlier, Biff, mm -hmm. the construction worker. Yeah, and, weird, weird reference. And Gladys, the cow. Also a bit of a deep cut. Yeah, but... And then yeah. finally, we check back in with the world of sports crew as Kippy reaches Jerusalem looking very tired. And as you said at the top, one of the other kids is actually the one who who lights the menorah. And we thank yeah. our sponsors. And then we get out of there. And that's the whole episode. Yeah. That brought to you by the letters Chet and Nun. 
and the number Shmone, obviously. And, and the uh, word Sufganyot. The word Sufganyot. Ufganyot. <laughs> Ufganyot. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, those are all things I learned, so... Yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad that you learned something here. Job well done. What I learned from this is that it was very confusing. It was hard to really know, like, who the audience was. Yeah. Until I looked it up and found out, oh, okay. So initially it was um, the, oh, now I'm blanking on the, the Hebrew name for the, the original Rechav show. Um, Sumsum. Rechav Sumsum. Yeah. So originally it was that, just uh, the... Israeli right. Hebrew language version of Sesame Street. And then they did this season that was like, this is more intended. It's a combination of English and Hebrew, and it's more geared at uh, American Jewish kids to watch and learn about Jewish stuff. But it's yeah, it was just very weird. It felt sort of mixed, like there were things that were more educational there it was mostly in english but then there were also like the sufganyot song that they do that little segment entirely in hebrew so yeah you just see a lot of footage of random different people including a biker like a classic like leather daddy type biker that they showed twice they showed the the same shot of him twice they really were excited about that footage of him just shoving a jelly donut in his mouth so you just see a, a like a montage of people eating jelly donuts and making jelly donuts mm-hmm. while a song presumably about sufganyot plays entirely in hebrew but it's like it it did feel a little bit like who is this really for who is really the intended audience like and and it makes sense that it was sort of a joint production they were using things possibly some things that were originally shot for Rukhov Sumsum, for just the the version that was geared exclusively at Israeli children, some stuff that was originally shot for Sesame Street and then partially dubbed, it it is a bit of a mixed bag. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Not a real consistent vision throughout this episode. Yeah, no, it's like mixed bag, but they didn't mix it up very well. Yeah, <laughs> very, very uh, intermittently mixed. There you go. Yes. It's perfect. a bit of a mishmash. That's what it is. Ah, Yiddish. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, any final thoughts on this episode or Shalom Sesame in general? Just that I honestly feel like if you had described everything about this special that, or given me kind of a general overview of like, here's what Shalom Sesame was. Here's kind of what the special is like and said, now, guess Who's the really super random American TV actor they got to be their their like guest actor in this episode in 1990? Go ahead and guess. I I don't think Jeremy Miller would have been in my first hundred guesses. Yeah. It, 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 and I certainly wouldn't have known his name, but I don't think I would have been like ah uh, the kid from Growing Pains that wasn't Kirk Cameron. I would not have I would not have suggested him. No. That is, it, it is extremely 1990, but. That seems to be a trend with Hanukkah specials. Yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, that that's probably the most confusing part of this yeah. whole thing. It's just Jeremy Miller just having a blonde mullet and being there for no reason. Here I am, <laughs> in Nanny. Well, Sarah, if people want to send you two thousand year old donuts, where can they find you on the internet? Oh, well, you can find me at sarahshay.com. Sarah with an H. Shay is S H A Y. Uh, I also have my very own podcast yes. called Pilot House, and we talk about TV shows also. Yay for podcasts that talk about TV shows. The best kind, obviously. Um, you can find us at pilothousepodcast.com. And I'm on the Twitters and Instagrams mostly as the Sarah Shea on that social media stuff. And um, yeah, you can find me all over the place. I'm kind of on the internet a lot. Yes, please do. Sarah, thank you again for coming back. I always love talking to you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Let's get you on for another holiday soon. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to set you a challenge, Mike. Okay. At some point in the next year, you need to get me back on the podcast to talk about a holiday other than Hanukkah. Okay. And next year for your Hanukkah special, you have to talk to another Jewish person. Okay, I can do that. I know I'm your favorite, but like you have to find another Jewish person. You are. And talk to another, get another Jewish voice in here. I got, I got some people in mind. Okay, good. You live in Florida. It can't be that hard. Y'all are unnoticed if you're listening to this. Not all the Jews in Florida are <laughs> retirees, right? Surely. No. All right. So for Sarah Shea, 
From a rip in the space-time continuum created by the magic of Israel, this is Mike Westfall. Thank you for visiting the Advent Calendar House. And watch out for that icy patch. <laughs>